Hey there, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. The topic this week is diet versus disease management. And this is a timely vlog because this time of year is the prime time of year where how you think about your bright line eating journey as a diet or as a case of disease management makes all the difference in the world. So I wanna thank Emily August, Bright Life for Extraordinaire for this topic. She is in my boo crew, just saying. I know I keep talking about my current Gideon Games team, but I love them. And Emily August is quickly becoming one of my favorite human beings on earth. She is so wise and so thoughtful. And someone in our boo crew Gideon Games team early, early, early on, um, he was asking, you know, to be honest, I don't even remember the question, but it, it was, um, you know, he was restarting, recommitting. I invited him to be in this Gideon Games team, and I think he was a little bit like, what do I do? Susan Pierce Thompson just asked me to be on her Gideon Games team, and I'm not even keeping my bright lines right now. Like, can I say yes? So he asked to think about it. He reached back out and he said yes, but in the first week, I believe, of our team, as everyone was keeping their bright lines, including him, um, he posed to the group in our Marco Polo thread, so this is on video now to everybody, he said something like, I don't even remember the question, but something like, it was a newbie question, like, how does this lead to freedom, or how does this ever become manageable, or feel good, or um, like, not feel restrictive, essentially, right? And I feel like this is a question that everybody grapples with at some point in their bright line eating journey, right? Some version of this feels like being squeezed in a box that's getting narrower. Like I feel the opposite of free. So whatever the question was he posed, Emily August said something like this. She said, I don't, think of bright line eating as a diet in any way, shape, or form. For me, this is an issue of managing my food addiction. This is an issue of managing an eating disorder. So this is disease management. And everything I do around my food has that awareness in mind. And I wanna talk about that right now because this time of year, is the classic time of year where a symptom of the disease of food addiction tends to be especially problematic. And the symptom is the brain whispering for exceptions, for, uh, if you have a, a real diet mentality, for cheats. We don't use that word around here, but I know they do out there in the world, um, uh, for, um, a little, like Winnie the Pooh would say, a little something, a little something would be nice about now, right? So I want to get scientific with you for a second because I know that not everybody uh, who watches this vlog or considers themselves in the bright line eating ecosphere considers themselves a food addict and I know that not everybody would consider themselves to have a disease. So let's talk about those terms for a second. Um, addiction, now to have really prepped for this vlog, I should have looked in the DSM 
about the criteria and so forth. But let's just, just saying, I have enough background with addiction on my own to talk about the subject freehand for a second, right? Because as you know, in my late teens, I was sitting in a crack house smoking crack day after day after day and then going out on the streets and selling my body for more money to go back to the crack house and sit there and smoke. And so I have an opinion about addiction and it's as follows. Not everybody is addicted to something. You'll hear people say that, right? Everybody's addicted to something. And I say, um, <clears throat> no. <laughs> Lots of people have bad habits that feel a little out of control. Not the same thing. Addiction is when you're using and you don't want to and you can't stop. So food addiction would be, for example, being diagnosed with diabetes and having your doctor look you in the eye and say, here's what happens if you keep going down this path. You go blind. You get a limb amputated. Almost guaranteed death from heart attack. Way too young. And you say, I hear you, doctor. And within the week, you're eating a donut. That's addiction. And 63% of us are going, are going to die, going to die. 63% of us going to die in pain from some disease caused by the excess food that we didn't need that's going into our mouths. And along the way, we're thinking, I should probably be eating differently than I am. I'm not taking care of myself with food. And we're sitting there putting something in our mouth thinking, I don't even really need this or want this. This doesn't even taste that good anymore. As we're watching in some kind of stupor as the elbow bends again and the food goes into our mouth. Just saying, that's addiction. Second point. Is addiction a disease? So, the definition of a disease is roughly as follows. It's some kind of condition or state in which some pinpointable aspect of our physiology, some tissue or organ or system or brain area is hijacked or malfunctioning in a predictable way and there are specific harmful or deleterious symptoms that are being caused. That's what a disease is, and it gets worse over time. Just saying, food addiction is a disease. I can tell you exactly where it's happening in the brain, and I have nucleus accumbens, basal ganglia, right? I can tell you exactly the neurotransmitters that are affected and the hormones, and I have leptin, dopamine. It gets worse with time, predictably. Dopamine downregulation increases, leptin resistance goes up, the inability to stop eating after a normal amount of food goes haywire, cravings get worse and worse, suddenly you're leaving the house in a snowstorm to go get something from the convenience store late at night <laughs> when you should be sleeping, predictable symptoms. 
And in case you hadn't thought about it like this, the whispering of your brain to eat something off your plan when you have previously suffered with anything remotely akin to overweight, obesity, needing to take medications to manage said conditions, hypertension, heart disease, diabetes, joint pain, neuropathy, sleep apnea, And you now have a brain that's saying, you know, we've had a good run with this bright line eating thing, but wouldn't it be nice to have a little something something? Because it's a certain time of year. That's a symptom. That whispering, read the book again, bright line eating, read the book. The whispering of the saboteur is a symptom of a part of the brain that is hijacked. It's an area of the brain that is now creating a condition in which you have an idea in your head that is potentially leading you down a path to harming yourself again with food. Food addiction is a disease. And just saying, way more people in this world have it than think they do. I am right now 16 and a half years down the path of no sugar, no flour, three meals a day, weighing and measuring my food. <clears throat> As you well know, I have not done that perfectly every day of those 16 and a half years, but I have done it perfectly, I don't know, 94% of the days or something like that of those 16 and a half years. Lots of experience doing this. And in particular, my foundation in this way of life was so strong at the beginning that I can look you in the eyes and say, holiday time is not a time when my brain proposes to me that I make exceptions. And that's not because I'm less of an addict, because <laughs> you know that's not true. And that's not become I'm any more, because I'm any more virtuous, because that's not true. It's because Early on, I laid a lot of fiber tracks in my brain for maintaining solid bright lines, especially at this time of year. So in this vlog, at this particular time of year, I want to invite you again, really, to consider the notion of addiction and food addiction in particular and to think of the possibility that addiction might be a disease, a condition where a particular part of the brain has gone awry and is producing predictable symptoms. And they show up in behavioral terms that can be measured. We have data that measure them in bright line eating. For example, on weekends when people are exposed to more not my food and not my drink, their hunger and cravings go up predictably. Literally, there is a sine wave of hunger and cravings throughout the week, our data show. That is a measurement of the disease of addiction taking root in people's physiology. And at this time of year, I invite you to consider not listening to those whisperings because they are not coming from you. They are coming from a hijacked brain and if you ignore them, 
or use tools to not follow through on them, holidays will become easier and easier and easier as time goes on. And that is the foundation of really living happy, thin, and free. Not restarting after every holiday, special occasion, cruise, wedding, anniversary, and so on. I don't want you to have to restart on January 1st. I want you doing this with me now. If you need to restart on January 1st, that's fine. I love you all the same, you know I do. But this is an invitation to think about those whisperings as the manifestation of the disease of food addiction. If that feels congruent to you, I know it does to me. I love you. That's the weekly vlog. I'll see you next week.